And welcome to Fascinating Nouns. Now, if you are listening to this transmission, we are still the galaxy's most trusted source for incredible people, places, things, and ideas. Now, together we arrive at this curious nexus point, and we will explore the strange, unusual, offbeat, bizarre, intriguing, interesting, invigorating, quirky, quaint, quizzical, weird, wild, wacky, the fun, the frivolous, and the fringe, plus all the spaces in between. I am your host, Daniel J. Glenn. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. So given our current world state, I think it is appropriate to have a little levity, a little escapism. And what better way than exploring the fantasy of tracking down a mythological creature? So this week, I've done just that. We're going to talk about mermaids. Now, I don't mean the actual cryptozoological mermaid. I'm talking about the performers at the Wikiwachi Springs in Florida, where these are a group of women who basically perform underwater. It's pretty incredible. They wear fins, these big, long, like, torso sheaths uh, with fins on the end, and they can they have these little apparatus that you can breathe underwater with. It's just incredible what they can do. It's incredibly unique. And I'm very excited to have a for- she was a former mermaid in the 60s in the heyday of this, and she's come back. She now performs as a legendary sirens. Former mermaids come back and they do their own performance. She's going to tell me about her time there, about the phenomenon, the history of the Wikiwachi Springs mermaids. And that is Rita King. Rita, thank you so much for being on the show today. You know, I I think this is probably going to be one of the most unique things that I've ever talked about. And I've wanted to do this for a really long time. I mean, this is this is pretty cool. I remember I forget the first time I heard about it, but it is just such an interesting phenomenon. And 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 just just to be clear, we're talking about uh, Wiki Watchy Springs, the in in it's the mermaid show there. You now you you are currently a mermaid, and you were a former mermaid. But you did you take time off in the middle? Yeah. Well. Uh... You know, when you're a young girl, you uh, you move on in life, and I right. <laughs> and I got married and had a baby, and uh, I wanted to actually go into underwater photography, but it was way too expensive because I wound up raising my son by myself. But so I went to the postal service, and once I retired from the postal service, I went back. And the only reason I I was allowed to go back is because they had uh, created the uh, legendary sirens which are all former mermaids, and we do shows a couple of times a month, and uh, mm-hmm. we conduct mermaid camps for women over 30. Plus, I do mm-hmm. underwater safety and cleaning for the young girls, too. Now, so let, me, let me ask you an uncomfortable question here. So is, like, is like retirement age for a mermaid, is it 30? Is that, is that why you say you do it for over 30? Is oh, that, you no. know? oh, you mean for the young girls? No. Yeah, yeah. Like do they get kicked out of the show on their 29th birthday or whatever? Oh, nope. Actually, it's, uh, if you're still in good shape, we've got girls there that are 40. And, I mean, if you're in good shape and you look good and you still do the job, you can stay, you know, as long as you want really but a lot of young people you know we wind up doing other things a lot of the girls sure, sure. now have gone are we're going to school part-time too and wound up being mm-hmm. nurses and uh just different things they go away and they all want to come back and be one of us you know the legendary sirens <laughs> they're looking forward to coming back and doing that <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I mean, it's such a unique experience. I can imagine how enticing this would be, especially to, to young women that, you know, to do. It just seems like such a fun job. I mean, it's really cool. And what's funny, this is, I, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but every time I, I've been researching this a lot for the past couple of months, and whenever I, I see the word Wiki Wachi Springs, this, for some reason, Melele Kaliki Maka, that song, the Hawaiian Christmas song, always pops into my head. I don't know why, but I've been singing, I've been singing that for months. <laughs> Wiki Wachi is an Indian word, and it means like winding waters, because the, the river winds down when it comes out of the spring. It's a Seminole, I guess. Well, what's, what's, what I love about this is not only not only do we have – there's lots of things going on here. We'll try to get to it all. But there's a couple of great things here. First of all, the Mermaid Show. This is just a unique thing. And the, and the springs themselves are a pretty interesting natural phenomenon right. that's pretty cool. Right. You know, I, I think a great place to start here is probably – let's talk about the history of the spring and then how this show kind of developed. And then I really want to get into some of your personal experiences as a mermaid. So I think that will be a great little foundation for our talk. Um, so let's let's talk about the springs themselves. Give me a little history of the place. Okay, well, it's like uh, about a thousand acres, and it's home to marine and freshwater species. It's also a refuge for endangered and protected species. Now, it it's a uh, what it is. It's a first magnitude spring that produces between 117 and 130 million gallons of water every day, and it flows up from the aquifer. It's a natural opening in the Earth's surface. It's the largest aquifer in the southeast, and it's considered one of the most productive on the planet. And beneath springs is an extensive cave system that is that the researchers have been down into. But this all comes up in the spring itself is like 165 feet by 210 feet, you know, around, and it's approximately 100 feet down to the vent. You can go further, but... We don't go further because you've got to go through a little skinny opening. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we do the show about uh, 20 to 25 feet below the surface is where we do our show. So first of all, I should tell you, as far as the mermaid show goes, I know we're still talking about the spring itself, but that, that jump, when we're talking about behind the scenes, that jump down into the tube, the con- it's like a concrete tube that's 16 feet down, and then there's another one that's 62 feet out, and that entire time you're underwater. Right. That is terrifying to me. Oh. I, I don't think I was meant to be a mermaid, by the <laughs> way. It's not for a me. Lot of people <laughs> like it. You have to be a different person to really want to stay underwater that, as long as we do. It's really interesting. I, I, I love the tube because you can get into the spring, into the performance area, without you know, a lot of trouble. And there's air hoses through there. Yeah. No, there's two. And I saw that there's two in the actual tube itself. Uh, and there's, uh, you know, then, then there's a bunch, obviously, in the performance area. Oh, yeah. But, you know, when you were talking about if I've seen it, so what's kind of cool is originally, I mean, this is, it's got a pretty cool history. So it's got this, you know, it's this amazing spring. And, you know, this is, I'm an environmentalist. You know, when I hear these things, this always drives me crazy because someone sees a beautiful place and they decide to commercialize it. Now, <laughs> that says both positive and negative benefits. The positive benefits are, well, the mermaid show exists. Yeah, it has a, it has a history and. You know, we've had to fight to keep it without having them decide to put homes around it. Or, you know, oh, different. my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, just the fact that people swim in it is kind of annoying to me. It's like you guys are doing shows and there's like animals that are, that are you know, alligators have come into the show. I mean, it's a live you're, you're in the open ocean, essentially, or in the, you know, in the open water. Animals come in there and, and, you know, I mean, I don't know why people are swimming in that water. Well, no, they have a little beach area away from the spring. No one is allowed into where the main spring vent is. 
only us, okay? Like I said, okay. think about how much water is coming up, you know, every day, every 24 hours, that much water is coming up. It's a lot. That is what yeah. created the river, and we are having a problem with the river because it's become overcrowded, and it's, uh, it's the main avenue for our manatees to come up for their refuge. So they're starting to put in uh, more environmental restrictions for to to improve the environment and to keep it and the habitats to keep everything you know not being broke down. No, I know. I mean, look, this is this is always a rant that I that I go into. I, I just I, I I'm the worst human I think in the world because I always see us as invasive species and we ruin every amazing thing. And to me, this natural spring is so gorgeous that I don't know why I've got I don't know why I don't know why people feel the need to just bathe in it. But but anyway, in 1947, I believe. Well, let's say 1946. We're going back to 1946. This place has such a cool history. I like this. Uh, Newt Perry, and I should mention, his name was Newton Perry, but a newt, I believe that was his nickname, but a newt, the salamander, is semi-aquatic, living on both land and in the water. It's a perfect name for the guy, because he was also a frogman in, w- in WWII, which is, that's kind of how he developed this whole process. I like this. So in, in 46, he scouted Wikiwachi as kind of a business venture. Uh, so how did that kind of start? And like, what was his real, obviously his interest was to start a business, but how did he come stumble across this and then develop the, the technique in the mermaid show? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, he Actually, he started over by Silver Springs and he had some friends over there. And, you know, in 1940, the spring was purchased by the city of St. Pete for water source, but they never did. Oh, Okay, so along the way, um, Newton New Perry came over from um, Orlando and uh, Silver Springs and saw it, and he thought it was really a really neat thing. So we wound up uh, purchasing it, okay, and cleaning it out and putting in um, an underwater uh, airlock, which is half water, and, and you can stand up and the other half is air. Now, can I pause you for one second here? Because uh, there's there's one crucial part of the story that I want to talk to you before we gloss over it. When he stumbled across the springs, he had to clean out old refrigerators and cars, according to First of all, why were people dumping cars into an aquifer? And second, did anyone find... I mean, it's like something the mob does. Did anyone find, like, dead bodies or, like, you know, weird crimes? I mean... <laughs> I don't know. They make like, What did they find on there? <laughs> Well, they, it's amazing, you know, what, why people did that. I don't know. You know, that's not something that I would consider even come into my mind. And, of course, I wasn't quite born then yet, so I don't know what they <laughs> actually did and why they did it. But they, they, he had to clean it out. Well, And this is on Route 19, which at the time was... A, there was nothing around, so I mean, like this. I mean, there was there weren't it wasn't like a, a populated area, so you really had to like have a mind if you wanted to get rid of a car. I mean, you know, this happens in the in the famous movie Psycho. That's like one of the things. You know, Norman Bates takes uh, Mar- Maryland's Marion's car and dumps it into a big, you know, a <laughs> yes. big swamp. Like those are the only reasons you drive out in the middle of nowhere and dump it you, off. You know, Florida is a land of a thousand springs. You know, we have tons mm-hmm. of springs down here. Right, right, I right. I guess the people came across them, and that's. You know, figured they get rid of their junk. I don't know. There wasn't a whole lot of people living back here. That's then. What's, that's what's so odd to me. I mean, it's just such a weird. I was still, when I read that, I was like, "What is happening? I don't know what is going on out there." He dug it all out, yeah. And then you know, he had he knew how to do 
you know, the um, breathing apparatus right. yeah, yeah. attached to the compressor. So he taught the girls to do, you know, to do that. And he developed that technique. That was something yeah. unique because he didn't want them wearing like scuba equipment. So it's basically a tube with compressed oxygen that comes out, and you guys can basically regulate how much air comes in right. and out, right? It has a, uh, a valve on it, mm-hmm. and we either bite on it to shut the air because you know air coming through it makes a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. You know, right. the bubble. So you have to bite on the air hose. So you can hear the music cue, you know, so you know <laughs> right. when to do the right move okay, right. or shut the valve off. I you see. know, you, you have to shut it on and off to get your air. Right. What? So this is so this is where the, the, the story takes a very interesting turn. So so he, he sets this all up. So he develops this whole idea. I, I don't know how I, I kind of you probably can't answer this, but I would love to know how he thought of the idea of having a mermaid show, right? Like, how do you go from being a, using the, this military technique and then developing it for for basically to... Because <laughs> then, then what he did is he went and he scouted basically pretty girls in the area and taught them to breathe underwater. Um, and and th- this is where it gets a little funky because I don't think this would have happened nowadays, Rita. I think this would be this would be end up in the Me Too movement. But he basically teaches them, you know, of how to drink and then eat a banana underwater and to drink underwater, which is <laughs> something that's very I odd. I last one I sent you was a picture of me that was taken Sunday of drinking a soda underwater. Yeah. I, so first of all, that's pretty impressive. Number one, I, that's really impressive. Number two, I want to know the technique behind it. But number three, before you tell me, I have to say, again, maybe it's because I grew up with a fear of sharks. I'm not, like, in love with being in the water. When I think of being underwater and having to get my oxygen from a tube and then to put the only, basically, the only orifice in my body that can accept oxygen and then fill it with more water, (laughs) like, nothing will induce a panic in me like that. How do you how do you fight that? What do you how do you do that? That is the thing. You have to be a water person. You know there are people that enjoy hiking in mountains. You have land people and you have water people. Right. And you have to really really yeah. you really have to love the water to be submerged in it 40 minutes. <laughs> and you know and only have your air you know, you have to hold your breath a lot, and then you have to make sure that you exhale a lot of that air that you're holding so you maintain a same level. Otherwise, you're going to rise to the top. Right. So you're always feeling like you need air because you have to maintain a level to do the show and a spacing. Wow, that is, that's terrifying. I mean, yeah, that's, I, didn't even, I didn't even mention that, is that you have to maintain a basically a neutral buoyancy. So you are controlling where you basically are in the water based on how much oxygen is in your lungs. So essentially, you're always in a need for oxygen. Right, because you have to exhale enough so you maintain the same level and the same spacing with the other girls in the show. And the hardest part is with us, and still is, is the current that's coming up. If you think about all that water coming up, you know, through the spring vent, well, that creates a current between six, seven miles an hour. And it's all, and we're having to try to stay in the same place, right? (laughs) And stay in the same level, okay? That's um, now that is that is I think that is probably the thing that is most underrated about what you guys do. So forget the performance itself. Just staying in the same spot is incredibly difficult, which I imagine weeds out a lot of potential mermaids. 
I mean, really, like that, that's, I mean, for, and we're not even talking about the cold water, but just staying in one spot, both from your air control point of view, staying at the same buoyancy level and staying in one spot against a five mile current, constant five mile current. That's impressive. Exactly. And the thing is that they, uh, they hold mermaid auditions and this is for the young girls now. Okay. Say like they have 55, they're lucky to get maybe three, four out of them. Has anyone ever, like here Here would be my fear, right? You're drinking underwater. Let's say it goes down the, God forbid it goes down the wrong pipe, right? And then you start, have you ever coughed underwater? I feel like that would, like if you started coughing or choking underwater 16 or 20 feet below the surface, I don't even know if an air tube would save you. Now, just, just the thought of that alone destroys me psychologically. We look out for each other. We have a bond that is incredible. It's an automatic thing, and we're really very close. I mean, when you do as much costume changing and uh, you're relying on another person, you do become very close. Right. It doesn't matter your age, you know, or your background or where you're from. We're all a very tight-knit group, you know, young and old. And um, you look out for each other. You always look out for each other and see if somebody is in peril. You keep an eye on And, yes, you can cough underwater. You just adjust your air to where you cough out, you know, and try to clear stuff, and then you can always go to the surface, okay? <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I should... Okay. Well, we should mention that. <laughs> what's, what's an interesting is someone else mentioned this, uh, this great quote, is that the people watching it, it looks like you guys are in the tank, but actually the audience is in the tank. You guys are swimming in open water, so you can go to the surface. I mean, backstage is through that 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 incredibly terrifying underwater concrete tunnel that you have to go through. But we don't, yeah, there's another way you can go to the surface. Right. But the biggest misconception visitors have is that we are swimming in an aquarium or a tank. The audience is the one that's in controlled in a uh, theater that seats like 400 people or 500 people, and they're in a tank looking through the glass at us in the spring. Right, right. Okay? Yeah. So, and we do, we can go to the surface, and girls have, if they've had a sinus or they can't clear their ears or, you know, some type of sinus problem, mm-hmm. yeah, they can, you know, we go to the surface. No, you know, we're not going to stay out there and perform. The person goes, and the show may carry on. One, We always have a team, and that's another thing I do. There's a safety team of four people, two in the water and two on the land, mm-hmm. any time that we're doing a show or practicing. And I do a lot of underwater safety for the young girls, mm, okay? okay. Yeah. And it, we, that's what we do. We look out, we help them uh, change costumes, we keep an eye on their hoses, we keep an eye on them. And, and we all keep an eye on each other, too. Uh, well, it's funny because now, you know, it's 2020. This has been going on for, you know, 70 plus years, right? So you, you you guys have all these great things in place, but I imagine in the early days, this must have been, I mean, you know, even, so, it, I mean. Th- <laughs> I can't even begin to tell you in the 60s when I was there, there was no safety. I mean, we had, a, we always looked out for each other, but I mean, I when I came back this time to train, you wouldn't believe the amount of safety that I went through, mm-hmm. and it was really a lot different than when I got hired back in the 60s. So, yeah, that it was, there wasn't all these in place at all. You're right. I, I mean, in, in, so you th- were in the 60s, right? So uh, let's, I think you were like 65, 67, right? 63 to 68. Okay, so 63 to 68. So that's 18 years after 
the show started, right? So when this thing started, it was basically like a bunch of tubes in the ground. And from what I understand, the way it worked is the, the mermaids would basically run out to the street and, like, get people to come in. And then they would come <laughs> yeah. in, sit down in an 18-seat auditorium. This is before, you know, right. before it was purchased by ABC and really revamped. And then they would just jump in right. the water and do a show. <laughs> That's how quick it was. Ballet. Well, they would do ballet and different things. They didn't really, the show, us doing really major shows didn't take place until ABC bought it. And then they brought in choreographers. And every year we change a show. We were practicing a show four months into, you know, before we started it, while we were still doing the other show. Right, right, right. Okay. Get ready. Yeah. So, and then we changed props and costume. they did a pretty pretty elaborate, but we were packed to the wall. We did um, seven, eight shows a day, one every hour on the hour, and it was packed, to, you know, back to back. And that was with the new theater that we have now in there. Well, and it was, and, you know, and that was that was in the 60s, but it, just to get into the 40s really quickly, because this, I, I want to mention one, one thing here, because I found a mistake uh, on the WikiWatchy Wiki website. Uh, that it's said October 13th, 1947, was the first mermaid show at the Wikiwachi Underwater Springs. They say it's the same day that K- uh, Kukla, Fran, and Ollie first aired on TV. That is not true, because... Well, I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too, but I don't know anything about that. There's a few mistakes in some of the things... Too, you know. Yeah, no, it happens. It happens. But just for people listening, the the Bill uh, Burr Tilstrom, his show Junior Jamboree premiered on that day. But Kukla, Fran, and Ali actually aired on January twelfth of nineteen forty nine. But that day was still interesting, October thirteenth, because the next day uh, Chuck Yeager broke the sound barrier. So the, and and also nineteen forty seven Roswell. I did a whole show on the Roswell crash. Uh, forty seven was a very interesting year for a lot of different things, <laughs> and I love that the mermaid shows were were onto that thing. And as you mentioned early on, this was basically synchronized underwater ballet. There weren't really any tales uh, like like you know fish tales yeah. for the for the mermaids. W- right. Was it still right. a, called a mermaid show, or was it really only like marketed as a mermaid show when the tales kind of came into it? Um, no, it was always called uh, underwater mermaid show. You know, I mean, some uh, there's. Uh, some old signs that I've seen that they'd put out on the road, and that's what it would say, you know? Right, right. Now, you mentioned it's in 1959. That's when ABC bought it, and everything kind of changed. They promoted it. They made better shows. You came in to play, you know, four years after that, so you were right at the beginning of that. Is that when the tales came in? When did those exactly? When yeah, we, yeah. Is that when? Yeah, that's actually they start, we started wearing tails then. And we didn't wear them a lot. We did uh, shows like... Um, Alice in Waterland and the Wizard of Oz, Snow White, mm-hmm. you know, Underwater Circus, right. you know, Underwater Follies. And, you know, they had different um, themes, and we wore regular costumes, you know, that were made out of, um, uh, like, well, it's uh, like sailcloth-type material, okay. okay? And we did wear, or fiberglass, and I had a pair of butterfly wings that, they were kind of heavy out of the water, but, you know, they weren't that way in the water. We also did a number of the uh, gay 90s where we did a number that was called Bicycle Bill for Two. And we had a little air tank in the bustle of the gay 90s outfit that we put on. So we didn't have to have the hose. We had this little, you know, four-minute tank. Uh-huh. That a four-minute tank. <laughs> 
we had well, we had a three-minute tank that fit inside a violin, and it was a really it was one of my favorite routines. Was this a uh, routine we did with the violin, you know? And uh, the tank, the little tank, was inside it, and uh, it, the hose wrapped around, and we used it like a regular regulator. Okay, just to show that. But the tails, we did swim in the tails. Uh, what we would do was we'd go down into the deep hole, and they'd pull the hose up, and they'd go, oh, no, here's the hose, but not her. And then we would come up in the mermaid tail and do some more ballet before we went and got our air. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I mean, I imagine you guys had to relearn everything, because underwater ballet, I've seen some old footage, and it is, it's basically like ballet underwater, it's synchronized, it's It's amazing. When you put the tails on, that's really when, like, the you know, the mermaid kind of comes as part of, like, really it's a mermaid. When I think right. of, you know, so I've already told you about my psychological issues. We've kind of gotten into all that. So not to mention that I don't love being underwater, taking my air from a, from a hose. Now you're going to constrict my legs and put something completely foreign. I don't, I mean, oh, my God, this is terrifying to me. Hard to I mean, you are limited in what you can do in the in a mermaid tail. Yeah. I mean, we we wear them in the show, and we have a couple of numbers with them in. But you are limited. We mostly do uh, our show, which is we're the legendary sirens, right. and we're all former mermaids, and we're we range between sixty four and eighty years old. Wow, okay? that's amazing. And we do the old style show that is more ballet. Okay, okay, more ballet. Okay. Not so much the tails. The young girls do a lot more in the tails, okay? But it kind of limits you as far as, you know, doing uh, different moves and different types of ballet as right. that we think does, you know. But it is hard to move in those things, too. And if air gets caught in between the layers, boy, it really drags you back. Wow, that's... I mean, I, I imagine it's, got a, it's a whole different way of moving in the water. You know, I imagine if you're if you're good at it, it kind of is like being a fish almost. Although a fish, it's funny because a fish tail would actually move in the opposite direction. It moves like side to side, not up and right. down. So it's, but I imagine even just putting that thing on, it, you know, it's got flippers at the bottom. You know, from what I've seen, they look like right. like two flippers basically attached to each other. So they do move, but it's it just seems like one of those things where I don't know. It's it's very constricting, and you have to learn a whole it, it new thing. Very- it is very constricting. You're absolutely correct. I mean, and of course, you know, it takes a little hard. It's a little harder to um, get around. And it's funny. We do mermaid camps for women over thirty weekend mermaid camps, and we're the counselors to them. And we're getting ready to start a whole slew of them here. And the people say, "Oh, they're good swimmers," and you know, of course, uh, they're all assigned to one of us older girls as counselors. And that's the thing we have to we have to learn to water rescue and everything because you're putting these people in tails and keeping an eye on them and they are just like what right. <laughs> because they can't you know move their legs you have to keep your legs together yeah how is this not a reality show I mean I would I would actually watch that reality show you got people wanting to become mermaids they get teamed with with a you know a counselor and, I, and this would be a great show it'd be amazing uh, so wh- a lot of people that. Uh, there's been a lot of articles and um, filming done during our camps just for that reason, too. Yeah, I mean, it seems super interesting. I saw, so let's talk about what it takes to be a, a mermaid, because I was watching some of the... There was some... 
it might have been a local news report, and they were showing, you know, every year, whatever, whenever you guys hold auditions, there's 50 to 100 girls who want to want to come in. So actually, before uh, I mention that, is there have you guys been hit with any of the gender equality stuff? Are there no there are no mermen? Is it all mermaids? Oh, yeah, we have we have a couple of mermen, okay, but they play the prince in the Little Mermaid because we always have the Little Mermaid show because the parents get upset when they bring their kids. So that's a standard we, <laughs> right. that they have since yeah. it's the Little Mermaid. So they do their version of the Little Mermaid. So we have them. And like for camps, we set aside one camp that's a co-ed camp. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that way any men that want to, you know, come to camp. So we're, you know, we are right in tune with the gender quality. And they, they come in, the young guys come in to practice for, being a prince position with the Little Mermaid. Plus, we have uh, other things that they can be that have costumes like uh, the turtle, you know, outfit. You can't tell if it's a girl or a guy. Now, 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 just to be honest here, play devil's advocate, that's not really a merman that's playing the prince. So so there aren't any mermen in the show. Not not a, no, not with a tail on. Oh no. man, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. We need men in the show. Dang it! <laughs> no, we we're doing this whole thing. We got all these female movements in the country. I want to start the merman movement. I want you guys to have some mermen in the show, for God's so, sakes. There are some that we. I know uh, Justin is. Ben, there's been a couple that have put on the mermaid tail. Okay, but uh, poor Justin, uh, he was a good guy, but he had he couldn't do it because of his sinuses and his ears. You know, you have to be in really good condition to, you know, to be able to do this. It's a, it's a, you need physical strength to do this job, too. But, no, there isn't a uh, part for a actual merman. Mm-hmm. you got to write it in. That's easy to you just rewrite it. Let me, I want you guys to bring me down there. I'm going to get some mermen into the show. Let me rewrite. Let me, <laughs> let me rejigger a few things. I and... you could be the first one. You could be the first oh, one, and I'll show you <laughs> Have you not been listening okay. to me? <laughs> I'm yes. terrified. Okay, yes. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. If I was down there, I would I would give it a shot, but I would be terrified the entire time. I don't know. I can't look. I can't hack it. I definitely can't hack it. I've got nothing but the respect for you guys. <laughs> we had a guy from uh, BuzzFeed that came in and did a did a thing on us, and we put him in a tail, and he had just about drowned. <laughs> yeah, that's me. That's we have, yeah. We had to bunch of people around to make sure. He <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. So, all right. So we got this. So we got this uh, audition. We've got fifty girls showing up. Some guys. So first of all, there's conflicting reports on how, how cold the water is. I've read seventy four oh. degrees, and I've heard twenty degrees. That's a fifty degree difference. The day they were doing the audition, it looked freezing outside. So wow, I can't only imagine what the water was like. The water is seventy four degrees all year round. Now, in the wintertime, when it's cold out, it feels good. I but see. for every 15 minutes we are submerged in the water, our body temperature drops one degree uh-huh. wow. for every 15 minutes. That's how cold the water really is at 74. It sounds warm, but it, it drops your body temperature one degree for every 15 minutes. Right. So that kind of gives you an idea, you know, what it's like. Yeah, that's cold. <laughs> yeah, it's cold. It is. When we get out, we we stand in the hot showers to get our temperature back up, okay? Or lay out in the sun if it's, you know, summertime. But <laughs> the first thing you have to do is you have to take an agility and endurance water test. 
which is swim 500 yards nonstop to, and do it within a certain time frame. If you pass that, then you go um, through, this is the young girls, they go through a, um, see what uh, their comfortability in the water. So they ask them to do some underwater ballet or what, you know, they have in mind or go underwater and open your eyes and smile, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's important being able to smile and open your eyes underwater. But the thing is, and you have to, of course, tread water for like 15 minutes, but the 500 yards nonstop, you know, I didn't have to do that in the 60s, mm-hmm. okay? Right. They, but this is something. When I came back this time, I had no problem doing that because I had been going to the gym. A lot of the young girls didn't pass that part, okay? So then you go through extensive training. If you get through all of that in the interviews, you go through an extensive training now that has written tests, and it could take up to a year or more to reach a full mermaid status. And before you're allowed on the air hose, you, uh, you have to be scuba trained certified, uh, they go. You go through first aid and first responder, water rescue and resuscitation, CPR and emergency procedures. <laughs> wow! I had to take, and we all have to do this. Young girl had to take a hundred written question test on the physics of compressed air and how to respond to underwater hazards and sickness. Okay, and you know, do have, of course have a good medical history. Then you get on the air hose. Okay, <laughs> then you have manage proper breathing control, and manage your air hose so you're not tangled up in it or twisted, evenly spaced with the other performers, and you have to maintain that stationary level so the audience can see you and everybody's all the same. You have to learn how to compensate for that current coming out of the spring. You memorize every ballet move for each routine, and you have to memorize the show songs so you know where the cue is for each time you move. And you have to execute that ballet move precisely with the specific music cue. You can make sure you've got good direction because you need to know whether you're turning right and left because you're going to look pretty funny if you're <laughs> going the wrong Right. And you have, yeah. have to have graceful movements and be synchronized with the other mermaids. And you have to remember to do all of that at the same time throughout the show. So it takes... Good memory skills, coordination, and physical strength, and sheer determination. You want to do it too. Well, I mean, it, it, I mean, look, like it's funny because it's like a three D ballet almost. It's like a three D theater production, and everyone's you know you're working on a three dimensional plane. I remember when I was in third grade, I was in my first play, and everyone we had like you know little kids had these synchronized dance moves, and I remember we had everyone turn to the like turned clockwise at this one moment. And I went through turn clockwise, and I remember being on stage thinking, no, that's the wrong way. And then, of course, I was the only person on stage who went counterclockwise. Uh, so, well, yeah. Again, not sure that so I'm the ideal mermaid. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's that's all of those things that need to be executed at the same time, right. you know? Well, and this is what's funny. So you just described everything you need to be a mermaid now, which includes written tests, performance, uh, you know, scuba training, He's first responder, CPR, resuscitation, and all that. That's now. That's 2020. In 1947, I feel like the qualifications were 
Newt would go up and see a girl and say, hey, can you turn around? And she would do like a little spin around and he would assess her. And they'd be like, yeah, you're a mermaid. <laughs> Come on. Yep. You know? Come on, we'll show you how to on the air hose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. I feel like it's come a long way yeah. is what I'm saying. <laughs> Wiki Watchy has come a long way in the 73 years that they've been started. Yeah, absolutely. So now, now ABC had it, and you were part you know, part of the heyday of the 50s and 60s were this great time. So what happened, you know, what happened basically between the end of the ABC era, why did they leave, and then what happened in, in 2008 when the when the state bought the the springs? What kind of happened in in that era? Well, um, the there was um, they, we went through. I don't know why the springs, uh, why ABC got out of it. I guess they thought they were putting too much money. But I mean, it really was very popular, and, you know, down here. But um, when they got out, a couple of um, Different corporations, and one of them was like a, a, a stock exchange person. You know, they, a group, some conglomerate took over. But they only came and picked up the money and left. They never put any money back into it. They didn't even watch them or make sure. They didn't even care. They, one company, there was like three of them, okay? And one of them took all those beautiful props and all the... Um, memorabilia and pictures, dug a big hole, burned them, and covered it up. Wait, why? You know, I mean, they just, I don't know, because they didn't care about any of that. I don't know That's what they were doing. very intense. They were it's looking aggressive. at it for a profit. They only bought it for a profit. And we struggled, the mermaid struggled for a while. And the last person, uh, the last corporation that had it, I mean, I could look it up. I've got it here, the name, but that doesn't matter who they were. It was, I don't know, Florida Entertainment Corporation or something back then. They uh, just signed it over to the mermaids and left, okay? So the mermaids were, and the people in the park, the employees were taking money out of their own pocket to keep the doors open. And there for a point, uh, the local businesses, I got to hand it to them. This is a community affair, Wikiwachi, okay? And they stepped up and donated supplies and workers and repaired stuff because after ABC left, um, the people that, the corporations that took it over uh, didn't do any repairs or any upgrades or, you know. So the local businessmen stepped up and helped us because it, you know, we have a lot of local, mostly that's the big thing. You know, you grew up around here. If you're a water person, you want to be a mermaid. And or you you're either a mermaid, a policeman, or firefighter, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or a nurse, because it was you know pretty small back then, and it's still to this day not as actually it's getting a lot larger. <laughs> this whole area is you know wall to wall people, but they finally we were grateful that the uh, state came in and bought it. Okay, then they kind of leased it to us to the mermaids, which they still struggled, okay? Well, actually, Swift Mud bought it, okay, to protect it. And then the state park came in and took control in 2008, which we're very grateful for because that saved us. And it saves the spring. I mean, it's a, preserve, it's a natural preserve now. 
Absolutely. I mean, you it is yeah, it's protected. No, I think that that's the way to that's the way to do it. I mean, I think that, that that's the exact right approach. And I mean, it's really I want a couple more questions here about the the local area because from what I understand, Wikiwachi is actually its own town. And they have officially, I mean, we got the new 2020 census coming out this year, but as of 2010, and same as in 2000, there's 12 people living in Wikiwachi, and the mayor is a former mermaid? Is that true? Yeah, Robin. Robin. He's a, <laughs> mayor Robin. Robin. Good lady. Thing is, uh, we, well, see, back in, let's see, uh, 19, uh, it was, it became a city uh, in, uh, I don't know, what was it, uh, became a city in the 60s, I think, somewhere in the late 60s. But now they want to take that away because they're saying it's a conflict of interest that, you know, the pe- the people that are city commissioners are also working for the state park. So they're just now took away, because we fought to have the City of Live Mermaids, okay, because we are known around, in many countries, I mean, I sent you the paper that showed you how many uh, different countries came and filmed. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Had, okay, and so we are noted nationwide and, you know, throughout many countries. So we really fought for the City of Live Mermaids, okay, and put Wiki Watching on the map. So now they're, the uh, state just decided they're taking that away. But we were just put on the National um, Register of Historical Places, so that puts us back as a landmark on the, on the map. You know what I mean? Back on the map. You got back on the map. You got it. That's great. I love hearing that. That's, that's, I mean, I do understand the conflict of interest because it kind of is. But on the other hand... It's 12 people, for God's sake. You're, you're, not, you're not corrupting okay. the country. It's not like, you know, we're spending millions of dollars or thousands of dollars on any. They're not really, you know. But we have a couple of discontents, and they stirred up a lot of stuff. So, But we are back on the map. I'm happy about that, too. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I just thought of this. One of my first childhood crushes, uh, I remember, uh, it was my one of my is my best friend's sister, of course. That's, I'm sure this is a story told uh, across the country. But my best friend's sister I had a big crush on her, and it, what she wanted to be when she grew up. Do you have any idea when she was eight years old what she wanted to be? A mermaid, <laughs> same as what I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. She wanted to be a mermaid, which I thought was really funny. Uh, now, now, so tell me about since you wanted to be a mermaid as well. Tell me some of your stories. You know, when when you were, you know, you're in the middle of the heyday of this whole thing. Like, what was it like being a mermaid in in the '60s when this place was really bumping? You know, it was like we were stars. <laughs> really, we did a we did a lot of a lot of things. I mean, uh, we did a lot of parades, events in the local community. We were out doing radio and TV interviews, newspaper and magazine. Uh, we were also stunt doubles for that did all or any of the underwater work for films, the TV episodes, and movie scenes. I mean, it was pretty interesting to do a lot of things. We visited all major baseball leagues at spring training. We uh, had uh, the Miss Universe every year came and visit us, as we did a lot with them. We did a lot of. They had a lot of people filtering through. The park when ABC had, I mean, tons of people. 
uh, Arthur Godfrey, Howard Hughes. You know. Now, what about you specifically? Like, did, did, what, what's your favorite memory? Like, did you have any? Did anything like you know? Did anything dangerous ever happen to you? Did you ever have any close calls? Did you ever? Oh. You know. Well, with, back in the day, we don't get them as much now. Except we did have one here a couple months ago. But alligators used to come up and visit a lot. Okay, I mean, you know, we swim, we swim with you know the sheephead and the, you know different. Little catfish and different different types of bats. I've seen turtles too. Turtles are pretty cute. They're pretty cute bobbling around. Oh yeah, yeah. The turtles uh, steal the show, and then the manatees come up. I, we do a lot with the manatees. I see them in the morning. I just I could send you tons of pictures of the manatees yeah. and the babies. And the manatees stuff. are really cute. And I know, and they really are. The sad part is all of them have scars from boats I on know. them. I know. You know, and it's like it's horrible, but. Uh, we did uh, we did a lot of things for like TV sh- series, game shows. I I remember alligators coming up all the time. And one time, uh, I w- went with the the underwater guys. They went ahead and picked up this alligator, wrapped its mouth, and they put it in the boat. And they're going to take it downstream and let it go. Okay, they told me I got in. And they go rub his belly. Because it'll he'll calm down, you know. <laughs> but that's like on Popeye. I saw that on Popeye. I don't think that that's real. <laughs> well, I did. You know, his tail was swishing back and forth, and yeah, I did, did it work? rub his belly. Wait, hold on. You, so you actually yeah. rubbed his belly? Did it work? Did he fall asleep? Well, he calmed down. Let's put it that way. And then, really? Uh, oh wow. And uh, I I got to kiss Casey Stengel. The, you know the old the young group don't even know who that person is. I don't remember. I don't remember what uh, baseball team he was with at the time. I did a. I don't know. There was just many things that I got to do that I enjoyed doing. So was it basically like the the city was like open to you? I mean, did you was, were people like your money's no good here? Did they sit you at the best table? Were you guys like? Oh no. I mean, I, we probably got by with a lot more stuff. I mean, we were young. I, you know, I was pretty young. Right. <laughs> and do stuff like when you're young. Yeah, you know? yeah of course. Um, Got by with a lot more stuff, I yeah, think. <laughs> got away with it, for sure. But I was a mermaid, all right? Yeah. I had a lot of neat experiences with people that I met through there and did a lot of different things. I What I didn't know, I mean, this is what's amazing, is that there are, there are several mermaid shows in the country. I don't know if Wikiwachi was the first, but there's, there's even one. I live in California. There's a there's a, a bar in Sacramento that has a, a mermaid in a tank. There, you know, there was a big one in Texas. There's there's some in Montana and Nevada and uh, and and Colorado. But it's not like our our mermaid show. Did you guys have the best one? Well, yeah, because we have we put more into ours. I mean, they do a mermaid show. Mostly, they're swimming around in a mermaid tail or doing individual ballet by themselves there, and maybe a couple girls, but what are they doing it in? They're not doing it in a natural spring and in a theater that seats 400 people. I don't know. I don't know if they drink or eat underwater. <laughs> I don't know what they do. I don't know about any of them, really, except that a lot a lot of people in mermaids that they go out and sit up in a pool in, a, in one of those... Um, Silicone tails, which, by the way, are extremely heavy. Oh, they look terribly heavy. Oh, they're, uh, you can't hardly move in them. I mean, you can, but not very well. Right. <laughs> so they sit on the side of the pool for parties and get rented out that way. That's not a real mermaid, Rita. No. That's, uh, we're, 
we're mermaids twenty four seven. It's a it's a lifestyle. <laughs> it's not a it's not a <laughs> no, it's not recreation, it's a lifestyle for us. <laughs> right. So you you know, you mentioned I, I I bet it's your belief that Wikiwachi is the best mermaid show on the planet and you're probably right. How can people see the show, find it and, and even watch you because you're currently a performer? How can people come and see it? Well, uh, they have a couple of websites and one is through the Florida State Parks and it uh has everything on that website about the events, our camps that we do, because we do the the young girls do little kids ta- little girls camps. It's mostly you can we're in Spring Hill, Florida, and if you pop up Wikiwachi Springs, you'll come up with the website that uh, is for the state parks. So I'll put links to the I'll put links to the website, and I believe you guys even have an Instagram page. It's probably a Facebook page. I'll put links to that. I'll even have videos of all this stuff, and I'll even put links to the some of the YouTube videos I found. And you and I, you sent me a bunch of pictures. I'll have a Pinterest page that'll have all these cool pictures of the stuff you drinking underwater, uh, some manatees, the you know the old timey pictures of the you know when it opened, and and some of the original mermaids. It's this is this is pretty credible stuff. As I said at the beginning, what a unique experience, both for you and for anyone coming to watch. Uh, it's just incredible. Thank you so much, Rita, for taking this time out for me today. Thank you. You're most welcome. I'm glad to do this. And I want to thank everyone for listening. Have a good night. Fascinating Nouns is a Glencoe production and is hosted and produced by me, Daniel J. Glenn. The show producer for this episode was Sarah Brandt. The Fascinating Nouns introduction was produced by Daniel J. Glenn and E.A. Barrientos with music and sound design, written and performed by E.A. Barrientos. If you like this show, you are going to have to subscribe. You don't want to miss an episode. It's really easy to do that. Go to the uh, website, and at the bottom of the page, you can find links to to the show on all of your major major podcasting platforms. We've got Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, it's all pretty easy there. And while you're on the website, you can check out all the stuff I talk about in the show. We're going to have video links. We've got tons of pictures. You can listen to the show there. And you can listen to all the shows at the top of the page. You'll find a link to previous episodes. There's also previous guests if you want to just peruse the types of topics that I discuss. And, of course, while you're there, Follow the show on social media. You can find links to the show's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube pages all at the bottom of the Fascinating Nouns webpage, and that is fascinatingnouns.com. And if you like this show, you're going to like everything that I do. Go to danieljglenn.com to find out more. Thank you for listening. End of transmission.